0: The time has come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes.
1: The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoagie,
2: What in the corner? Hoagie, hey. hey. oh. From CHGO, it's Adam Ho. And from The Athletic, it's Adam
3: Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. Oh, yeah, crazy.
2: I feel like, I, how many times a season do we say
3: that? <laughs> yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone... I'm I'm not
2: disputing what you're saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing this? Anyway, uh, who
0: cares? Here they are. The Adams. Hogan Johns.
2: What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns. Back with you on a Tuesday edition. What's up, Johnsy?
3: I cannot wait to break down every play of the Jets' big win over the Bears. No. Did you watch the film? Be honest. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, of course you lie. Eh, you lie. No, you lie. Prove it. Show it. If you're watching mm-hmm. on YouTube, I am demanding him show his his, his grades and his notes. Because yeah. last time he showed us, that's just the play sheet. They're it's the game it. book.
2: Yeah, but that's where I Scribbled down the numbers and stuff. It, I mean, I didn't enjoy it. I definitely spent the least <laughs> amount of time on any game watching it. But yeah, no. I uh, ruined my Sunday night after my uh, Sunday afternoon was already ruined. So, yeah, that's what we do this time of year.
3: Ruined Sunday nights. Oh, when you come home and rewatch a game like that,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Drink your liquid death. Not good. Yeah, it's right there. A little good product placement too. Instead of your generic coffee cup.
3: Yeah, I don't have my athletic cup. I think it's in the wash. <laughs> dishwasher
2: i was gonna say you're putting that in the laundry <laughs> you know what i meant i know what I, I know what you meant all right welcome in uh follow us on twitter at adam Hogue at adam johns uh read johnsy on the athletic the com slash Hogue and johns where you can also read kevin fishbane who'll be joining us on the podcast today it's been a while since we talked to the fish man he was in new jersey for that game so yeah he'll be here um you know to break down trevor simeon his guy and um we also got a lot of other things to talk about, including a couple players who well, one we know is out for the year, the other one might be and um, I think they're interesting players to discuss. You can also read me at allchgo.com the newsletter dropping tomorrow. I'm going to be taking a little tease for you. I'm going to be kind of looking at we've got a large enough sample size from the season right now, John's that I think we can start looking at the futures of some of these players and who's actually a keeper and who's you know who's not. So I'm going to be jumping into that a little bit in this week's edition of Bears Things, which you can get tomorrow morning in your inbox or at allchgo.com if you are a diehard member. So make sure you are. Um, two of those players that I think are... One I would definitely call a keeper. The other one I think is a little bit more up in the air, but both are an interesting situation's particularly in regards to their contracts, in my opinion. But let's start with Darnell Mooney. So Darnell Mooney is going to uh, need season-ending surgery and unfortunately suffered a bad enough ankle sprain that it sounds like there's some ligament damage. And um, that makes for a tough offseason. It's definitely not what you want to uh, be dealing with going into an offseason. We know how hard Darnell Mooney works. We know how well he is uh, respected in that locker room. And, um, you know, if and when Justin Fields returns to the field, which we think he will, um, he's not going to have Darnell Mooney anymore to throw to, and that's not a great thing. But what do you make of Darnell Mooney's season, Johns, in the context of he's certainly a candidate to get a contract extension in the offseason going into the final year of his rookie deal. He's also a fifth-round pick, meaning he's not making a ton of money right now compared to what first and second rounders would be making. And now this injury, I think, throws in another little wrinkle to what was already sort of a disappointing 2022 season.
3: Well, I think it's been a disappointing 2020 2022 season for the entire passing offense. I think you expected more production, given all the, the talk about his chemistry with Justin Fields all the videos of them working out together, the stories about them being down in Atlanta together, all the things you like to hear going to the offseason. But he was never on pace for a 1,000-yard season. Never. He had one last year playing in Matt Nagy's offense, but he was never on pace for one this year. So there is some some disappointment. But I don't think that – that doesn't mean he still don't win over the Bears or continue to win over the Bears. I think his value is evident. I think he was caught up in a process. I hate using that word over and over again, but that's what it was. That's what it is. Justin Fields learning Luke Getze's offense. Luke Getzi learning Justin Fields. A bunch of other receivers learning the offense, including Darnell Mooney. That's why you have a dip in production. So he didn't put up the fantasy numbers, but I still think he won over the team. Now this ankle injury does change the conversation a bit. Like, the Bears can just go into next season and make it a prove-it year. They can. He's under contract. I don't think Darnell Mooney wants that, though. Well, I think that's that's why I brought in his draft spot. You know, it's an interesting...
2: When you're drafted later, I think there's a little bit extra to consider because you, I think you have a little bit more motivation to go get that long-term security with that, you know, significant raise you're getting with any type of long-term deal, even if you're not getting paid like a top receiver, right? So I think that's the question for Darnell Mooney too. I mean, you said you said on the Bears side it could be they could set it up as a prove it year, but if you're Darnell Mooney, do you bet on yourself? See, I'm going to come back. I'm going to, have, you know, this passing offense is going to be different next year. We're going to have more wide receivers. Justin Fields is going to be even, you know, he's going to take those next steps, and we're going to dominate and, you know, put up big numbers, and, you know, set myself up for a huge contract.
3: Maybe that, you do both. Maybe if you're Darnell, Darnell Mooney, you're, you're a little inventive with this. Maybe you take a one-year contract extension for more money. Again, he's a fifth-round pick, not making crazy money. He shouldn't com- command crazy money in the market as well. I mean, there could be interest, but you're just dealing with the Bears. Take a one-year extension and bet on yourself after one more year. Give yourself a little bit more security if this ankle injury happens to be a problem. For so, a player whose career is built on speed and route running, I think he needs a healthy foot, healthy thing to pivot on. And yeah. I think the Bears are going to be very curious to see what his ankle becomes. Uh for the record,
2: Darnell Mooney is still um a good player. I mean, obviously he's he last last year he was uh he graded out for me as a long term starter. This year he's still a high end starter despite a slight dip, but he's so consistent, no negative grades. Um really the only dis- I would say disappointing moment for him in the season or huge missed opportunity was that pass Washington or, game. yeah. the catch he didn't make at the end of the Washington game, which would have been a victory. You know, Now, in hindsight, that may have been good for the Bears, um, but for him, you certainly, the, from the player perspective, you always want to make that catch, and um, that's the type of play that gets you on highlights all week long, and I'm sure that that's something that's kind of eaten at him, not making that play a uh, game-winning opportunity against Washington, by the now, way... And, and- um, Saved Washington's entire season.
3: Yeah, and even before that, yes, yeah, true. They're different teams since then. There were other instances. What was it the New York Giants game where I mean, there was a full breakdown of why he didn't run down the middle of the field and Justin Fields didn't throw the ball to him. Remember that? Like he, yeah. there was part of that was part of his story before that drop. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is again just a lot of guys learning this offense. The quarterback learning this offense, the quarterback trusting his line and trusting his receivers. There's a lot of things that play into the Bears having the worst passing offense in the league. Yeah. I think Eddie Jackson's a different story a little bit.
2: Yeah, that's who the next player is we we're going to talk about. Now, we don't necessarily know the extent of his injury. I still don't think it's good. Uh, Fluce was just saying, you know, more testing coming blah, 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 all that yesterday. But regardless, I think we look at his season and it was certainly a step back in the right direction for Eddie Jackson. Um, I would like to point out that over the course of the last six weeks, my grades on Eddie Jackson have been significantly lower than they were in the first six weeks. And I still think that there's been some missed tackles. Um, certainly, you like the ball production. That's kind of returned this year. What I'm trying to set up here, John, is I don't think that this is a slam dunk. Hey, Eddie Jackson's back. He's worth the contract that he was paid. You got to keep him
3: around. But he's also under contract. Right. For two more years, I believe. I'm trying to pull it up right now internet doesn't want to work with me. Two more years, I believe. It is significant ch- contract still. Um,
2: yeah, through 2024. 2025
3: is a void year. Yeah, so he's got two more years left on his deal. Um, part of it is just play it out. The Bears have the most cap room in the NFL next year. It's not like you need to cut them for, for cap space and stuff like that. Right. It could It could be a classic case of let's see how we can replace him first before we cut him sure that foot changes the conversation just like Darnell Mooney's ankle changes the conversation a bit but still good enough to to where you tell yourself let's play it out he's under contract it could be as simple as that
2: yeah so I don't I certainly don't think that you're in a position where you need to like think about cutting him or anything for the cap savings that's not necessarily what I'm getting at um do you think there's any kind of trade market for Eddie Jackson after the season he had
3: well, he's got that foot injury again. It muddies yeah. the
2: conversation. Yeah, I think that definitely muddies it.
3: Maybe midseason next year, if the Bears are still in in with this mode of out with the old, in with the new. Right. You saw it happen with Robert Quinn and and Roquan Smith. Like, if the Bears can trade Roquan Smith, they could trade Eddie Jackson. But the difference is Eddie Jackson's under contract for two more years, and just happens to like being here. Roquan Smith didn't want to be here. It's true. I think Matt Eberflus has been great for Eddie Jackson's career, and I think Eddie Jackson realizes that. I'm using too many full names, but I think that's what's (laughs) playing out here. That's like like Ted Albrecht's joke
2: with my name. It's like the only way you could say Adam Hogue is Adam Hogue. You got to say Adam Hogue every
3: time. You got to say the full name. Yeah. But even going back to training camp, you could tell that Eddie Jackson liked this staff. Yeah. He played for Nick Saban. Being coached hard. To hustle and all that stuff probably feels about right for him.
2: Yeah, I think that. Um, yeah, he's probably here next year. I, I, I mean, I, I don't. Again, I, there's really no reason to cut him. You could get cap savings, you know, somewhat significant cap savings. I think up to seven and a half million dollars um, just by cutting him. But there's not really a need to do that this year.
3: Is Elijah Hicks ready to take over that free safety role? No. No, no you just have to go out and, and use some draft capital on another safety.
2: So it's like, even if you were to trade him for a pick, well, then you're usually starting around using that pick on a younger safety, you know? So, and, and I think at some point you do need veterans, right? You need yeah. to have, and they, and
3: clearly it's that's already the case. You hear the stories of these young guys leaning on Eddie Jackson already. I think if you're Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, you could go into the offseason telling yourself that you like the secondary of Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon, a cornerback, and Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson, at safety. You could feel good about that. Young guys, talented guys, one very proven veteran in Eddie Jackson. One of the better cornerbacks out there, I think, in Jalen Johnson. I know that could be debated, but. Still pretty darn good. Would it
2: surprise you if I told you that my grades on Kyler Gordon so far this season are as a reserve slash special teamer?
3: Can I uh I know we're gonna take some questions from Twitter here. Yeah but this the the inspiration for it was a question posed to us last night from a longtime listener, Mr. Anderson. Can I read this one to you real quick? Sure. It's part of this. It's a tweet at, you, at me, and you and me during the Steelers game last night at 8, 12 p.m. Okay. This is Mr. Anderson. At what point do we start to question polls as a talent evaluator? How do you evaluate Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker as better talent than Pickens? That's George Pickens, the Steelers receiver. Especially when you have a young Q, QB and a wide receiver is a need. Additionally, you trade a better second-round pick for a wide receiver, lesser talent than George Pickens. He's obviously mentioning or referencing Chase Claypool. Yeah. By the way, Pickens didn't play that well last night. He made a couple outstanding catches. Or one outstanding catch on the right sideline.
2: He did. He had a two-point conversion. But um, there were some other issues in that game. There was one, at least one drop I saw.
3: There was a touchdown. Potential touchdown off his right hand. Yeah. Look, I
2: I still like Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. I'm I'm kind of surprised when I look at this spreadsheet I have that they're have graded out as lowly as they have and I think that there's a possibility that that's a product somewhat of a product of the defense that they've been in um I still like their traits I like some of the plays that they've made I think Kyler Gordon has to um get a a lot better though if he's going to truly be that you know inside slot corner in this defense and regardless I would say the Bears have to Get another corner, right? They, you know, they. I would spend money. I think on a on another corner. We another
3: corner. A veteran. Corner. Yeah. I think that George Pickens' conversation. I don't think it's going to go away because I think George Pickens is going to produce in Pittsburgh. He's going to make those highlight real catches that you see all over social media, like he did last night. He's going to do that. He has the ability to do that. But I don't think Ryan Poles, like to answer Mr. Anderson's question, was in position to draft the receiver with the injury history that George Pickens had. That felt like too much of a risk, especially what you learned about him with Larry o- Joby. Didn't want to do it after he came in for his, his physical. Didn't want to sign his... Three-technique defensive tackle. His number one target in free agency, which is before the draft, because of what the medical showed once he was inside the Bears' office. Tore up the contract. It's a figure of speech, but the Bears moved on. I think we learned something about Ryan Poles right there and about his risk for taking chances on injured players. I think George Pickens, who had that serious knee injury, right? Yeah. I think that applies here. Christian Watson may be a different story, but... George Pickens, I think that applies too. I'm going to give you some stat comp right here.
2: 12 games, 40 catches, 493 yards, two touchdowns. Oh, I just had that up. Isn't that isn't that uh, Darnell that Mooney? Is, that is Darnell Mooney. George Pickens, 11 games, 36 catches. That's four fewer. In one less game. 510 yards. So 17 more than Darnell Mooney. And two catches. Or I'm sorry. Two touchdowns. Numbers are virtually identical. With one fewer game. For George Pickens.
3: I think that. The second part of that question. Is is actually more interesting. Like the Bears. Second round pick. Their first second round pick. 2023, could be like the 30th, 35th pick. Mm-hmm. and That's for Chase Claypool. I get that the draft class doesn't have an elite talent. I get that the free agency pool is weak. You're going to have to overpay. But I think that's a fair criticism right now is whether or not they're getting what they want from Chase Claypool. But knowing that that's a long-term move, that's not... A this year move. That's a two-year move. You have to think of next year as well. And I'm interested to see what he could do. But he's also going in a, a contract year. Yeah. Can I say something about that? Con- so you got Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson, Al Mooney, Chase Claypool. They're not all getting deals. They're not. I'd be stunned if they all got deals. You mean this offseason? Yes. Yeah. They're all entering contract years. Because they're all from that same draft class. They're all not first round picks. Not everybody's getting a deal.
2: Um, there is a there is a nugget coming out right now, and Kevin Fishbane's here. We'll bring him here in a second. Um, Mike Garofolo tweeting just moments ago as we were recording Tuesday morning that Eddie Jackson suffered what appears to be a significant Liz Frank injury uh in Sunday's game against the Jets. Jackson is still receiving opinions on his foot, but he's considered out indefinitely. Another tough loss. I will say, long term, that's better than Achilles. Yeah, which is kind of what that looked like when you're watching, right? When he just pulls up and is grabbing his foot.
3: So, but again, I I think if you're the Bears, you could play it out. He's under contract. You don't need to rush to any decisions. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, Head to com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E dot com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort.
2: Do you have more questions? Should we involve Kevin in yeah, this? We'll,
3: we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah bring Kevin in and okay. then uh, we'll ask the first one and then we'll have everybody else take over.
2: All
1: right, let's bring in Kev. What's up, Kev? Hello, friends. What's up, Jim Nance? I should have worn a quarter zip if I was going to do that. <laughs> Let's start over, and I'll go get a quarter zip.
2: No, we're yeah. not going to do that. You're here. Yeah, we're not okay. going to do that. I'm here. Um, what
1: happened to Northwestern last night against Pitt? Did they have a game last night? I don't know. I didn't watch. It wasn't there.
0: Anyway, uh, who cares?
2: I'm with you, Bob. All right, we were just talking about... Uh,
1: when was the last time John's watched a college basketball game?
3: Ooh, that's a good question. March Madness.
1: When was the last time John's watched a non-March Madness college basketball game? <laughs> Never.
0: Never? <laughs> no, yeah.
3: no I, I used to. Never. That's fine.
2: I used to. 20 years ago. Um. All right, what's our next question? All
3: right, next question. How excited was Kevin Fishbane to cover a game quarterback by Trevor Simeon? <laughs> That's it. (laughs) It's kind of the best answer.
1: (laughs) Kidding. I was kind of. I. I I can tell you the excitement level really peaked when uh, we for those forty five minutes we thought Nathan Peterman was starting. (laughs) That was so ridiculous. It was. uh, Sometimes I like to root for chaos. That was.
2: Well, that was definitely chaos.
1: chaos. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say this though that um, the. The, not speaking for myself personally, but the Northwestern community as a whole um, kind of needed a boost. Um, and, you know, Trevor Simeon, I think, provided one in the first quarter, but that was uh, that was about it.
0: No, don't uh, care.
3: Let's begin with this question from from Robert, because I think this kind of applies to Trevor Simeon and what he did in that first possession. What is preventing the Bears from throwing multiple back shoulder and 50-50 balls to Chase Claypool? Those don't require precision, timing, or familiarity. The lack of usage thus far has been very discouraging. It's from Robert on Twitter. I think we saw Chase Claypool get one of those opportunities from Trevor Simeon. So why don't you think we've seen more?
2: Well, I think one is back shoulders require chemistry especially cuz a lot of times when you throw a back shoulder it's not necessarily by design it's based off of what the coverage is and both the wide receiver and quarterback have to read that which is easier for the receiver to do because he's got the you know the the db right in front of him and he you know he may know if i get this this type of leverage spin back towards the sideline. But that's harder for the quarterback to see with all the chaos in front of him, especially if it's, you know, um, a, a downfield throw, which usually those back shoulders are.
3: Wasn't it the, the Detroit game where Fields went back shoulder down the right sideline, the clay pool, but he can, he continued on his, his goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I think that was that game. It was late and, in the game, right?
1: And he kind of... It was a weird back shoulder throw cuz I feel like it was like rifled over in that direction. And sometimes there's more touch on those. Whenever I think of a back shoulder throw, the first quarterback receiver duo I think of is Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson. I feel like they were the ones that like almost put that play on the map. And it, like there's you you're not going to find many quarterback receiver duos in the last 12 years that had better chemistry than those two. So to your point, you know, you you need like, you need the quarterback and receivers to be on the I, I get the question, but I think there's, there's still like multiple levels of your passing game that need to improve almost before you can get to the back shoulder part of things.
3: If, if there's one positive from Darnell Mooney's injury situation and, There's not many, if any, but this. Now Chase Claypool has a whole load of opportunity to develop chemistry with Justin Fields when he returns. Like he could be the guy. It's not gonna be St. Brown. It's not gonna be Dante Pettis. Chase Claypool. 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 I did it again. Can be the guy for Justin Fields down the stretch here.
2: Yeah, and and that like is probably near the top of the list of important things left to figure out this season. It it has to be. I mean, especially because the, um, I mean that pick. We keep talking about how the Bears could be in the top three now in the draft order, but that also means that they pick they the pick they traded to Pittsburgh is going to be you know in the top three of the second round in the thirties, and they're not going to have that one. So. Keep rooting for the Ravens to lose, I guess.
3: Here's another interesting question. This is from Cloudy Future on Twitter. Do you think we see Alex Leatherwood at right tackle before the season is over? Maybe as early as this weekend. I, I think Alex Leatherwood, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't think. I don't know. Seriously, like what what's going on? Do, do you guys have any idea of, of why Alex Leatherwood can't see the field?
1: No. <laughs> no, um well, I, he, that, it, was, it, was bad, it was bad timing for him to was it was it mono that he had yeah. or whatever. No, I, I but, mean, I get he, that. but
3: here's the thing about that: as a long that's like a few weeks ago. Is it now?
1: No, no I know. Like was at the be beginning of the now.
3: season,
2: it was at the beginning of the regular season, and the guy was active. The guy's been active.
1: Yeah. If, if he's not ready because of mono, he wouldn't be active. Well, I just meant that that set him back in terms of. He was like in the middle of learning the playbook, probably. And then he's got to like get himself His back on the physical in shape. Yeah. I, I mean, like, look, there's a reason he was available. There's something off the field and on the field from what he did last year that just isn't there. And the Bears were kind of hoping they could figure it out and were 12 weeks into the season. Apparently they haven't yet. So they have you know five games left.
2: I I don't know if you guys remember this, but it was probably over a month ago now that I threw a Leatherwood question at Eberflus in a press conference just to like... It was kind of one of those, where is he, right? Like, And can he help you still? And I thought he pretty clearly... I, I thought he gave a pretty convicting answer that was like... Or convincing answer, I should say, that, yeah, we expect Leatherwood to help us at some point this season. And so it is a little... I think this is an interesting week given the injuries at right tackle. I thought it was interesting that yesterday Floose offered up Leatherwood's name and Michael Schofield's name as the possible right tackles should both uh, Riley Reef and Larry Borum be out. So if those guys are out and you're still playing Michael Schofield over Leatherwood at this point, I view that as kind of a significant red flag.
1: Well, this also goes back to the you know, and we've we've talked about this this year, last year, when it was a Fetty versus Borum, you know, this goes to that coaches versus personnel department battle, right? Where if you're Ryan Poles, don't you want to get more reps from Alex Leatherwood than Michael Schofield? But if you're Chris Morgan and you're Luke Getze, if you trust Michael Schofield more, you're going to want to put him in. And I'll I'll say this that almost defends that is, and I, I I wrote about this recently when talking about EQ, you know, getting more snaps and some everybody wants Nikhil Herring and and um, Bayless Jones. If everything's about Justin Fields, shouldn't the guys on the offensive line be the ones you trust the most to know what they're doing? So you know, like yeah. it's like I kind of I. Like if we're if we're talking about the future of the team and what's most important in these last five games, you want guys that like I see I see I hate to go both sides, but I see both sides of like you want to see the young guys who might have a future more than these veterans on one year deals, but you also want the the re- receivers who know how to run routes, the receivers who know how to block, the offensive linemen who know their assignments because you don't want your quarterback getting killed, and you want your quarterback to be able to trust his receivers so that. That's going to play a role, also.
3: It's different than any other position because you got to keep the quarterback upright. You got to keep the quarterback healthy. The Quarterback's already dealing with a banged up left shoulder. Yes. It,
2: you know, a lot of times I think we all fall, we kind of overthink this sometimes. If the guy was good, if the guy, if they trusted him, he'd be playing. Yeah. They're playing a fifth round rookie at left tackle and have the entire season. If things were going well, there he'd be playing.
1: Oh, hey guys, I have a quarter zip right here really, really butchered that, Jim because just- <laughs> No, don't care. All
3: right, this is some Kurt Stubblefield. The defense is bad. We all know it. But is it a truly a lack of talent or some of it are... Let's, wait, let me read that again. But is it truly a lack of talent or some of it a scheme issue? Are we getting the most out of our players? Fangio was brilliant at achieving more with less. Not seeing it with this coordinator. That would be Allen Williams.
1: That's a great question. I'm gonna let Hogue go first. But that's no, a really I, good question.
3: I, I agree. Like,
2: this is why a few weeks ago, when everybody was like trying to convince themselves they were happy about the Lions loss, I was like, well, wait a minute. Like draft okay, draft stat is fine. But like you had good key supposedly good key players struggle in that game and contribute to what they give up 24 points or whatever it was like in the second half late in the game and they couldn't get a stop. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think we're going to know the answer to that question until there's more talent on there. Like next, so hopefully sometime next year, but I think it is an open-ended concern That is not, uh, I just caution fans it's not just a given that if the Bears add, you know, spend money on a big will linebacker and add a three technique, maybe with the second or third overall pick in the draft, and add another corner with some money, it's not a given. That all of a sudden the defense is going to be what Bears fans are used to seeing in this town, which is pretty damn good. I I still do have questions about this game.
1: So I I, I forgot who brought this up, but you could argue there were only two guys playing on defense on Sunday that will hundred percent, not even I don't even. I would say, well, I think Jalen Johnson, the only guy who was playing at the end of the game Sunday, who could say 100% is going to be a starter next year with this defense. I would put Jack Sanborn, Justin Jones, like right there.
2: Yeah, I would put, I would say Sanborn, it depends on if you're counting the Sam linebacker spot as a starting spot. Yeah. I would say true. minimum Sanborn's probably your starting Sam.
3: Hey, read my story in The Athletic.
1: Go ahead. Good story about Jack Sanborn. He went to Lake yeah, Missouri, I, High School.
3: I still need to. So that's
2: why it's like, to... Do you know he's a badger? Did yes. know? Yes. Yeah. Was that uh, your story?
1: Lots of badger stuff in the story.
2: Well, how do you feel about Luke Fickle?
1: I haven't talked to him about it yet.
2: Well, what the hell, man?
1: Th- that'll be an updated
3: story tomorrow. <laughs> That's
2: not what your story is about? I don't want to read that. <laughs> I know he wanted Jimmy Leonard.
3: Yes, he did. He's mentioned <laughs> in the story. Oh. Go on, Cavs.
2: sorry. That's who the Bears next defensive coordinator
1: should be, I was just going to say, should the Bears <laughs> hire Jim Leonard? Well, the Packers probably will, so should the should the Bears hire Jim Leonard just so the Packers don't? My column. Yeah. Um I guess the point of all that is I just how I mean the personnel is bad. It was really bad that was out there on Sunday. Yeah. But it makes a good point you go back you look at those 2015 2016 defenses, look who was on the field. And those those defenses put up decent numbers for the most part.
3: Can I uh do you guys remember the storyline earlier in the year about the defense not allowing like a second half touchdown over like mm. five games? Yeah, yeah, it do. feels like three years ago, but yeah, I do. Let's let's not forget about that. Let's um point out that then they traded Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. Like dudes cried. Let's not forget about that. Um The Bears' defense actually did their – I would argue they did their job against Detroit because the Bears' offense actually outscored the Lions' output. It was a pick six that was the difference. And I believe it was – is it Atlanta? It was the kick return from Patterson that was the difference in the game, not what they allowed. So if you just go off offensive-defensive production, the Bears' offense outscored – Falcons. Yeah, I I let me just totally I'm not saying say they're that. good, but I I I'm just saying you're, that
2: they're you're not wrong except you the expectations for the defense needs to be better than still giving up 27 points or whatever. It I know. Is. I'm I'm just they, saying they should be down in the 20 I, or like I'm 17
3: just, to 20 range. And they were that. And then you traded two of your best players. I believe there's a graphic during that Jets game that over the first 5 or 6 games they allowed Nineteen point nine points per game, and that's obviously jumped since then. But I thought you I, said I,
2: Sanborn was better than Roquan.
3: I think if the production is there. I think they miss Robert Quinn more than Roquan Smith. If I'm arguing that point,
1: yeah. Then you have injuries galore.
3: Just stuff to think about. I think Jalen Johnson missed the game in there.
1: They do rank better in takeaways than I kind of thought they would, because they went. They had a little. They had a three game drought without one. They've also, I think. They've had at least two takeaways on special teams. Yeah. Um which Hogue already knows. Your 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 stat
2: that y- you had I think early on in that game that that was what was it that that was the first PBU by a corner or a DB? A corner. Yeah. A
1: corner. Eddie, Eddie Jackson had a PBU against Atlanta.
2: So since when? So that was the first cornerback My, PBU Miami. since
1: Miami game so they went three full games without a uh two full sorry two full games without a PBU from a corner see that's where I'm they went five full games without a sack from a defensive lineman I'm not
2: trying to rain on the Kyler Gordon Jaquan Brisker parade but I I I think there's just like this assumption that they're they're good and that's where I mean I think they're probably going to be good I don't think they have been good like good like Fine. For rookies, Brisker's been better than Gordon. I agree. Yes. I still don't don't think Brisker's been a slam dunk, though.
1: I think Brisker has let his... I I feel like his aggressiveness has gotten the best of him at some situations in the open field. You go back to that Packers game, especially. Like, just sometimes he's... I feel like he's in the right spot more often than not. But just can't get his feet under him sometimes so i'm like i'm not I feel like I'm not as worried about him like that's something that you can fix uh Kyler Gordon though a little preview for uh Wednesday at the athletic I have like a a rookie status report story coming out um yeah Kyler Gordon you, you kind of he had those he had the nice um open field tackles against Atlanta. Um, but you, there's just not a whole lot of plays you can point to from him this year. Let's say there's more places given up probably that you can talk about than the ones he's made, right?
2: Yeah. And Kyler Gordon, one of his strengths was like his ball hawking ability. You've seen a flash here and there, there, but
3: I was kind of hoping we'd see more of that. I th- I think if we're going to like honestly examine the struggles on the on the defense, like we have to rip the defensive line.
2: Oh, it's the worst. I said this on the CSGO show yesterday. This is the worst defensive line I've ever seen the Bears have.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's just nothing there.
2: There's, shot, there's shots you know, fired
1: at Ego Ferguson, Will Sutton, and uh, whoever else was on that defensive line. But, yeah. <laughs> Something
3: <laughs> fired. Um, it's it's The, the production just isn't there. It, it, it just isn't. And I think that affects the secondary, especially young, young secondary. You want to protect a little bit.
1: Do you guys know that Dominique Robinson does not have a quarterback hit since week one?
3: Yeah,
2: someone told me that yesterday, and I, I, that's just unbelievable.
3: Yeah, Kevin, hey, we had that. Way- we, sorry, we had that stat like going to the Jets game. What was it? The the Jets had fifty more quarterback hits than the Bears. <laughs> yeah, going into that, like the I think the Jets had eighty-one hits heading into Sunday. The Bears had thirty-one. Yeah, I mean that's just. Oof.
1: Speaking of uh, so much for the hits principle, Mister Special Teams Coordinator, the uh, the Bears. I like Richard Hightower a lot. He tried to kind of sneak one past us last week when he was asked about Trenton Gill taking that last kickoff against Cordero Patterson. Mm-hmm. When he kind of said, "Oh, we we we've used Gill all year." No, you didn't. No, only used him the game that Cairo Santos was not literally in the state you were playing. Did
2: he mean just like he's had him practice it all year? I don't Maybe.
1: know. Maybe. Or like that they's had the option. Uh, yeah. I, I did think it was interesting that they had. Hey, can we go on a quick tangent here? I'm going to take over your podcast. Hogue, what did you think of the fact that Valus Jones did not take a single kickoff out on Sunday? And Pat Manley brought up the one right before half when there was like 12 seconds left. Um, I was talking to Mark Potash during the game about it, and he brought up the old. It go. It, it was like the the Mark Tressman, "Why we're kicking on second down because I don't want to fumble on third down," kind of yeah. thing. Like is that that be the only reason, right? Well, what was what was your take on on that?
2: Um, I think it's very questionable. I think it's another example, and these things keep kind of popping up, where even in game, I feel like sometimes their insistence on trying to win these games is hurting the development. Like you only get so many reps at returns even in an entire season. And I agree. Like, I I think you gotta, I'm not saying take it out every time, but I agree with that one right before half. I think it's a good question for Hightower this week, right? Like, was that the returner making those
1: decisions? Was he just given a stop sign? Especially when you get into the second half and the thing's out of out of hand and your offense is doing nothing. Now, like, right? Don't you let just don't you let or, or or is the argument there? Well, the offense is doing nothing. The last thing we need is for them to start at the 18-yard line.
2: I'd have to go back and look closer at injuries. It is possible that they were this so true. shorthanded at that point. You got you may have guys out there that you don't necessarily trust to execute the returns.
1: That's true. You lost Kirkshank in game. You were already without Sterling Weatherford, who's on those teams. You had I mean, I don't know if like Jalen Jones is usually up on those teams, but he was playing defense. DHC, I don't know which one he missed, but he wasn't on all special all four phases. And, and he was playing the whole game. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's all right. so Our this is defense. why this is why I bring this to you. Our the Hogan Johns podcast is a special teams expert. Well, take trust that me. take the north.
2: Well, well, well. Trust me. Other than the um, like the head coach obviously needs to know when a player is out. Like the special teams coordinator is the next person that needs to know from the training staff when somebody's out of the game because it can be use a, everybody. It could be a scramble of oh, crap, okay, I know I got one backup, but then after that backup goes down or then you're moving this guy over here and then this guy over here, you're like, you you do end up in situations where you throw somebody in the game and you're like, okay, just do this. Mm-hmm. like, And you just draw a line. You're like, just do this. Try to block this guy. And in the NFL, where you're getting more touchbacks, um, I could see how it maybe got... so. I'm just guessing, right? We should ask Hightower, but I, am, I think the answer to that is maybe... They were just like, we have too many guys out. This isn't going to be a big return anyway. We're not sure we trust them to execute it. You know, just just take the touchback.
1: That's fair. You know, and the reason I, I bring it up too is you know we talk about developing players. Like I don't know what Velas Jones could be as a wide receiver. I, I mean, like how many routes is the guy? The one time he was targeted on a like a pass, we saw it happen in Dallas. Everything else has been gadget. And not to say that you can't make it work as a gadget guy, but to me it seems like right now his ceiling could be reached as a kickoff returner. Like That's where he could be your weapon. So you'd like to get him as many reps as you can, you would think.
2: But um, compared – I'm not saying he needs to be Devin Hester, but uh, remember Devin Hester's rookie season? (laughs) because <laughs> there could there be two opposite rookie seasons yeah. um, if that's really what you're hoping for at this point he's got a way to go all right um real quick for uh get out of here kev uh would you play justin fields this week
1: with all the injuries questions um i mean i'm kind of of the mind that if like if he if the trainers check him out good and he and he says he's good to go like why not like I just think like if, if he's a hundred percent and he could play is he that much more of risk of injury or 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 further injury if he plays Sunday than if he plays in three weeks against like he's coming up against when he, after the everyone's like oh just like put keep him out of that till after the bye. Okay, then you're gonna have him play against two of the best teams in football. Yeah, the Eagles and the Bills after him. And you're gonna be playing you're gonna be playing from behind in both those games. He's gonna be dropping back to pass a ton. So I don't know. It, it to me, I I kind of understand the the coaching philosophy of of it's pretty cut and dry. If he if he's a hundred percent and the trainers check him out, I, I have no problem with him playing.
2: I tend to agree with you.
3: Go develop some chemistry with Claypool. Continue what you're doing with Komet. Throw a couple screens to Valus Jones Jr. Back
1: shoulder to Claypool. Yeah. Make sure Alex Leatherwood's in his right spot, and
3: you know the. Packers uh, I'm not sure are- about that yet, but yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know the Packers are going to be targeting that shoulder too, if he's running at all. I mean, that's my concern. Is like if he can't, if you're not going to trust him to run what you've been running, that's been working. Are you putting him at a? You could either look at it two two ways. Okay, now you're forcing the development of the passing game. Run the ball a lot, David Montgomery. The Packers give up. I mean, basically, what was it, about a 1,000 yards in that game to the yeah. Eagles the other day? Yeah, 360. Well, I'm sure it?
3: Luke Yatsy's watching that and just thinking of all the things he can do. It'd be nice to have Khalil Herbert this week. If Justin Fields can't run, aren't you putting yourself at a competitive disadvantage?
2: Yeah, but at least you give yourself the threat of running. Trevor Simeon doesn't give you that. Is there a plane landing outside your house? <laughs> I, was gonna,
1: I was just going to ask if you guys oh, can cool. hear that. What is
3: going on at your house, Kevin?
1: Fisher? Uh, next door neighbors have a pretty immaculate front yard and they've got their, uh, their, crew there. their, fo- their folks tending to it right now. Okay. So those, are, those are leaf blowers, I believe. Nice.
3: Yeah. Kev, do you want to stay for the, the very brief voicemails?
1: Sure. I like listening to voicemails, which <laughs> I obviously listen to every week anyways when I download the podcast.
2: That's a good point. Rate and review. Very brief. All right, yeah, let's go. Your voicemails from this Jets game, which were short.
1: Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know.
3: You asked but a call somebody. The Hogan Johns voicemail. The
0: Hogan Johns voicemail lies. <laughs> Believe it or not, George, isn't at home. Please leave a message
1: at the beep.
3: Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game.
0: Go Bears! Okay, John Depe, Bob Dupowski here calling in again. I apologize for last week. Uh, apparently, uh, the Atlanta airport security has a problem with people going nude, dressed in full body paint only going through customs uh, down there in the ATL, and anyway, there was a kerfuffle, and uh, I had to be rushed to the hospital because I had a a couple of heart issues because of the screaming and the shouting, and then, I don't know, I think it was personal that they were jealous that we had Justin Fields and he was not back in Georgia professionally. Anyway, uh, you know, I got released, and I'm fine and good to go, and uh, now I'm here in uh, New York, a.k.a the great American dumpster fire that smells like trash or looks like trash, and the people are trash, and the Jets are trash, and the Giants are trash, but the Bears are pretty trash, too, because Justin Fields ain't playing today. Neither is, jo- Neither is Jaquan Frisker. Um, you know, this is a big old who cares because uh, there's really not much to see here. Uh, we got our Super Bowl next week. Let's go. Let's get ready for backer week. Anyway, it's 7-0 to zero, Jets. Who cares? Go Bears. Super Bowl just coming up. Packers, let's destroy the Packers, let's go Bears! Loving the little kid that's on the uh, TV broadcast after the muffed extra point. I want all of us to have that kind of enthusiasm. The rain's falling, he's got his number one jersey, and he is a gamer. Let's go, bear down. Hogan Johns, it's Billy from Minneapolis. It's week 12 of the season, and guys that have been playing all season, like Dante Pettis, Cole Komet and others seem to have zero clue where to line up. I get that Chase Claypool's newer to the team and maybe doesn't know the playbook as well, but these other guys have been with the team since training camp or before. So what's the deal with that? Well, just like New Jersey, the Bears stink. We are currently down 31-10. We are almost thank God into the fourth quarter of this football game, and hopefully we can get this thing over sooner than this Point of the game came here because, my goodness, injuries have ravaged this team. The field doing all it can, especially with the conditions to take the lives of every single Bears player, with Eddie Jackson and Darnell Mooney gone. Not really sure who from the Bears is even out there at this point. Hey, Bears fans, team man here. I'm sad to hear about Darnell Mooney. He was my guy. Bear down! You just got to remember that this game doesn't matter. We're getting a better draft pick. And as long as we come out with that injuries, it's all groovy, baby.
2: Good to hear that Bob's okay. I think he's okay. Well, he seems a little, <laughs> you know. He's something. Good use of the word kerfuffle, I thought. Great word. It's a good word. All right.
3: Anything else, guys? It's time to wrap this thing up. That's it. There's a few right. things to watch the the rest of the season. got I mean, yeah, Packers Bears on coming up. Well, and of course we'll hear yeah we'll hear more about
2: uh, Justin Fields hopefully tomorrow. Get an idea where he's at and uh, maybe have a better idea if he'll play this week. And of course the Packers have their own quarterback situation, which we will talk more about on Thursday. Matt Schneidman will join us uh, as he usually
1: does. Remember I, when the Bears lost to Brett Hundley?
2: I do. <laughs> I was there. I covered yep. that one. Yeah, I was yeah. there. Yeah, I think we were all there. That was fun.
1: I'll make that my last word. Thanks was that for being a Trubisky big- game? Twenty seventeen? Uh, yep, twenty seventeen. Bears it was like the first time the Bears were favored against the Packers in a long time.
3: I remember writing a column going into that game thinking it, it was the first time ever, at least in recent history, the Bears have the advantage of quarterback.
1: Which and they they well they should have, yeah. Yeah, they should have. I don't think I think Mitch played okay that day. Um, But the Bears couldn't stop Brett Hundley.
2: I mean, we'll talk about this Thursday, but I think the Packers are insane if they're not playing Jordan Love. Did he look good the other day? Mm, I mean, the Eagles were kind of sitting back, and you get a quarterback change, you're always adjusting. (laughs) You stick to your guns. Oh, I still think he's bad. If he was any good, they wouldn't have given Aaron Rodgers that stupid contract they gave him. It's true. There would have been no logic in doing so. Uh, Um, So, yeah. I think you could say this time that if the matchup is Justin Fields versus Jordan Love, this time the Bears have the quarterback advantage.
3: Doesn't mean they're going to win, but they got the quarterback advantage. Oh, no, they're not going (laughs) to win.
2: That's not happening. But we'll uh we'll dive into that more on Thursday. All right, Kev, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Fish thanks, man. guys. And uh we follow him on Twitter at K You can follow us at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. Johns he's on the athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Bears Things newsletter out tomorrow. All c h G O dot com. Sign up, be a diehard. You can get this sweet hoodie too that came in. I think I'm gonna wear it for five straight days. I'll wash it. That's you ever get that hard. new
3: you ever get that new comfy hoodie this time of year? And you're just like, I wanna wear this. Uh, I just there. got one for my travel my son's travel Facebook You don't wanna overwash it. Then you lose, lose that comfort. That's comfort true. true family. There's a line in there that you gotta Yes. Yeah.
2: So I'll just wear it around the house and smelly. Um you should show people your hoodie too. Go to Obviousshirts.com Uh still time in the month of November. Everything that gets sold, let's see, today and tomorrow. Tomorrow's the end of November already. Holy crap. Obviousshirts.com portion of the proceeds going to help the 22Q Family Foundation. All right, we're out of here. We'll be back Thursday. Bears, Packers, we'll break it all down for you. Talk to you then. You. The Packers, Green Bay,
0: Aaron Rodgers, Gold Bears.